Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. Come on, let's give God some praise in the house this morning. Yeah. Come on, y'all can grab a seat. Good morning, church. How you guys feeling? Ready to roll? Man, how good has worship been, huh? Can we thank our worship team? Uh, unbelievable. Just so thankful for the presence of God. You know, that, that's one of the things I love is that God never disappoints. <laughs> Every time you lean in, he responds. Every time. It's a promise. James 4.8, one of my all-time favorite uh, verses in the Bible, come close to God, he'll come close to you. One of the greatest promises that we have. So, man, glad to be here. Pastor John and Becky, do you love your pastors here? Unbelievable. You know, uh, my wife and I, when we first uh, had moved down here and, and uh, C- Central Campus is the first campus we went to, and Pastor Jürgen and Leanne had asked us to, you know, kind of invest in and show up at North, uh, which is why we ended up planted up there. I say that to say I don't want to be like, well, I tried out Central, you know what I mean? You know, it's just that they asked us to go and serve up there. But when I, this was the first place that we came. And I'll tell you what, we felt so welcome, felt so loved here, felt so arms open wide. I think we got invited to like four connect groups on our first Sunday before we left. I got invited by the Fullers on our first Sunday uh, to come. And uh, it's, it's just been, and now our kids go to school together, which is so fun. And a shout out to... Um, Maranatha. I was going to say Meridian, but that's not it. Now I'm really in trouble. Shout out to Maranatha. I love the school, actually, even though I forgot their name. Shout out. It's a great school. Um, man, I'm fired. All right. But it's just, it's been so fun. I remember even uh, Katie and I going through the uh, Pathways classes and going through all of it. And, and in that final one, Pastor John just talking about the Holy Spirit and just in a very practical way. Uh, created that space where people got filled with the Holy Spirit and just the power of God. You know, one of the things that's so amazing about our church is that we got a great experience, the great, you know, excellence factor, but we don't shy away from the power of God, from moving in the Spirit of God, and it's transformational. It's what the world needs, and I just had never really seen it done the way we're able to do it, where it's just powerful, fresh, real, and powerful. It's really what it is. So uh, honored to be uh, a part of the team now and, and with the family, and excited to finally get the chance to preach to the central family. Come on, come on. And uh, so let's get into it. Let's pray, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're already doing in our lives. Uh, You just inhabit the praise of your people, so we know you're here. We know you're already speaking to us. You're healing us, transforming us. And now, God, teach us from your word. Holy Spirit, reveal your word to us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to get to Luke 14, verse 23 in a second. 
But I want to just mention, so next weekend, obviously we've already been talking, it's Easter weekend, and this theme that we've been on, series-wise, has been the weekend that changed everything, right? It's a weekend that changed everything. That's Easter weekend. It's literally where everything shifts in history. It's where, it's where all of a sudden I'm no longer at a distance from God, but now I have the ability to have access to Him and to His presence, Literally, that is the weekend, the death and the resurrection of Jesus that we're about to celebrate, we're about to commemorate, is when everything shifts. Sometimes in in this side of the cross, we can take for granted the reality of what that did. It literally changed history. It split time. It it shifted how we engaged with God. There was sacrifices, and there there was kind of this disconnection between us and God because of sin. But you know, God wasn't gonna have that. That's one of the things I love. From the very moment sin came into the earth, God had already had a plan to bring us back to him. It wasn't like I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to, I got to get a game plan. Let's, you know, get, get Gabriel, get the angels, kind of roll out. He's like, okay, what are we going to do? Humans screwed this thing up. You know what I mean? Now what? No, he already knew. And from the very moment uh, sin entered the earth and that disconnection between us and God came, he already instituted the plan. And maybe you've heard it said, but you know when they felt sin and shame for the very first time, remember it says that they covered themselves with leaves, but God created a covering out of animal skin. So even from the very first moment of sin, God already was foreshadowing Jesus, who would ultimately be the Lamb of God. He would be the ultimate sacrifice to cover our sin and to cover our shame. So this wasn't an afterthought. He already knew. The Bible says from the foundations of the earth, Jesus was crucified and slain for our sin and raised from the dead. Amen? So this weekend changes everything. But you know what? Sadly, not everybody knows about the hope of next weekend. Not everybody's familiar with the grace of Jesus. Not everybody has been introduced yet to the hope. If they had, we'd probably be in heaven right now. We got a mission to accomplish. There's people who don't yet know that there's a God who loves them. There's a God who's got freedom for them. There's a Jesus who paid a price on a cross to set them free. Come on, there's people who don't know yet, right? So that's where I kind of want to build off of that reality uh, as we get into the text here today. So Luke chapter 14, verse 23 says this, Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Compel them to come in so my house can be full. Someone say full. You know God wants his house full. God wants his house full. He, he, he doesn't want anybody. The Bible says, I love this. He says like, he's not willing that anyone should perish. That, that, the heart of God is that every single human on earth for all of history comes into the house of God, responds to the grace of Jesus Christ. So he says, I, I, don't, want, I don't want anyone to be left off the list. I need everybody in. I want my house full. So this is a story of kind of like a, uh, the ultimate, ultimate feast the, the, the supper of the Lamb, the, the final moment when we're all with God in heaven after this earth passes away, when we're all doing that final celebration, this is kind of foreshadowing that moment. He's saying, listen, I want everybody there. I don't want anybody to miss out on this feast, on this, this final meal, this dinner party. And so, you know, they kind of go out 
they invite a bunch of people, and they go, hey, there's still room. He says, come on, go to the highways. Go to the byways. Go everywhere. Go to the rich. Go to the poor. Go to the healed. Go to the broken. Go everywhere and bring them in so that my house can be full. That's the heart of God. The house is full. That it's filled up. Um, that, that, that the guest list gets extended beyond just you and me. You know, I'm thankful that, that I made the guest list, aren't you? You ever had to, you know, put a party together, you know what I'm saying, and maybe a wedding, maybe, you know, some event, and you got to start looking at the guest list and go, who's getting it, who's getting excluded, <laughs> you know, you make that big list and then you start marking off people, you know what I mean, like, yeah, well, they almost made it, you know what I mean, like, right about there, and you're just, okay, who's getting in, who's, who's not, who gets invited to the wedding? Who gets the secret invitation to the food? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like you, you try to navigate the guest list. And uh, even for, for my family and I growing up, we had, I'm one of six uh, kids. And so for us, you know, life was a party constantly. There was always a crowd. Everywhere we went was a crowd. So my friends who maybe have one or two kids in their family, they would have a birthday party and go, you know, my mom said I can invite two friends. And I would just be like, is that a joke? Because, like, that's not even as many kids as we have in our family every single day. You know what I mean? It was like this two-kid minimum. We're just like, man, when you have six kids, you can have six or 60. The chaos level is about the same. It kind of it kind of doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, my mom would just be like, hey, anybody, everybody can come over. It's just, it's just a party, you know? Anyone got a lot of kids in your family? You know what I'm talking about, right? Big families. That's just how it is, right? It, everything's a party. Uh, we were rolling up in that Florida Conaline van, that stretch van, the only thing that could fit eight people, you know what I mean? They didn't have cool, like, navigators and excursions and, you know, stretch stuff. They didn't have that back then. And, um, and so we, we had the van life, that sliding door. Come on, we come jumping out like, like we're about to perform. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a circus, you know what I'm saying? People be like, oh, my God, how many people are coming out of that thing, you know what I mean? They have to do, like, pyramids and weird stuff. I'm, I'm thankful that I got on the guest list when it came to a relationship with Jesus. Here's the reality. He says, I want my house full. That means that you and me have been invited. Well, we've got invited. We've been included on the list. We've been included as guests. And every single one of us in this room are here because somebody included us. Somebody invited us. Somebody brought us close. I love Romans 8 15. It says this, The spirit you received did not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You see, God is the ultimate includer. There is nobody who God has predetermined to be off the guest list. He's included every single one of us. And if you and me are in the room right here, that means that somebody somewhere has extended the invitation to you. Somewhere along the line we've been invited, and, and not just kind of as the, the stepchild on the side or the, the kind of annoying neighborhood kid that gets invited over for dinner, but like we've been brought into the family, right? We've been fully included into the family of God. This is an unbelievable reality for you and me. We were distant. We were disconnected, but God brought us close. God included us. God included you. God in included me. We we've been invited in. And uh, the, the question is, 
You've been invited. You've been included. But who are you including? Are you including other people? See, you and me have been invited in. We've been brought close. But who are we extending that same invitation to? Who are we reaching out to? Who are we bringing this message to? I love how 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Watch this. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. You know how God's going to reach San Diego and God, how God's going to reach the cities that are represented by those who watch it? You know how God's going to reach it? Through you. Through us. Right? We are the church. We are the extension of heaven. We are the body of Christ. And God will make his appeal to the planet through you and me. Right? Through you and me. This is how the message gets out. This is how the invitation doesn't stop right here. But the reality is the invitation could stop with us if we let it, right? Or could we keep the invitation going? Could we keep sharing this thing? Can we keep saying to people, hey, guess what? Your name's on the list. You've been invited. I want to include you. I want to bring you in. I don't want you to be left out. I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. Amen? We've been included. So now we must turn the favor and include others. Amen? I know I was talking to my dad yesterday, and uh, my parents are actually in Minnesota watching right now. What's up? And uh, give it up for my parents. They're legit. I'm thankful because of them and their heritage that I had the privilege of growing up in a family that loved each other, a family that loved Jesus, modeled that. So I gave my life to Christ at bedside with my, my mom when I was about five years old. And so I've been serving and following Jesus for 31 years. I know y'all didn't think I was that old, but <laughs> just pretend, pretend like you thought that's shocking to you. Um, so I've been, had the privilege of serving God for 31 years and, you know, really like fully making it my own, probably when I was 12 or 13 when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But, but I'm so thankful that my parents created a different course. So I was talking to my dad yesterday, and I was saying, you know, remind me again, how, how did you come to faith? Because my mom, there's some great Christian heritage on, on her side of the family that goes a little far back. But my dad's a first-generation Christian in his family. And, um, and so we're ch chatting again. And um, so he goes, well, it's been, it was a series. It was a series of interactions. So he said his grandma, first of all, was a praying grandma. <laughs> Thankful for those praying grandmas. Come on. So she was praying. And whenever he would maybe visit grandma, she'd take him to church. And then he had an uncle who would drive and pick my dad up um, to go to church, go to their, their Methodist church. So that was kind of some of the initial engagements with God. And then at age 13, he kind of took it to the next step of kind of interacting a little bit more with, um, you know, kind of the catechism at, at the Methodist church and began to feel, okay, there's something about this. And then there was a neighbor lady uh, named Dorothy that, that reached out to him and some of his friends and said, do you know Jesus? And he said, well, I, I think so. I mean, I, I follow God. You know, I believe in all that. He goes, well, she goes, well, let's make sure. You know what I mean? And so she began to disciple him and a few of his friends. And that, he said, is what really began to simulate the kind of faith he lives today was that lady taking the time to disciple and mature him. And, and then a series of events where he got invited to uh, some evangelistic meetings that were happening, some rallies. And that's where ultimately my mom and dad met was, was there. 
And I just think to myself as I was in worship, I'm just, I'm so thankful for those people along my dad's journey who, who said yes to being an includer, who said yes to inconveniencing their life to bring somebody along the journey, who said yes to picking up a young boy whose dad was an alcoholic, whose dad was uh, uh, off the rails, and whose mom had had a breakdown at different points of the life. And, and there was all kinds of stuff that my dad had to deal with and could have, could have been the poster child for dysfunction, yet some people stepped in. Some people included in my life today and now my daughter's lives today and their future kids are completely different. The, the trajectory of our history and our family line is different because somebody included my dad, because somebody invited him in. I believe that next week is going to be one of those weekends. I believe that, I mean, today is one of those weekends as well. But next weekend as we're doing a full court press around this city, to reach people, to put the invites out, to invite people, to include people in the conversation. Next weekend will be the beginning of some people's stories completely shifting. Next week is going to be the beginning of family lines shifting forever. Next weekend. And here's the thing that I love too. Who... Who knows, but that person that you're a coworker with or that barista or that neighbor or that person in school or whatever the situation is, and you're inviting them, who knows, but they might have a praying grandma out there somewhere. Who knows who's just hoping to God that somebody brings that person to Jesus, that somebody intercedes and intercepts the moment. We could be that. We could be the includers. We could be the invitation. Amen. You know, I titled this message Includers, and shout out to my mom. She's like an English major. I know, Mom, it's not in the dictionary. It's not even a real word. It should be. <laughs> to me, includers is the best verb form of include, to me, but it's not even anywhere. It's not. It's just squiggly red lines, complete error. There is, there is no word includers, but I'm starting it today. It begins now. Shout out to Webster. Get it in there, okay? <laughs> Let's be Includers. C3, we should be the most inclusive group of people in this city. We should be the most inclusive. Man, when people come to our church, they should just feel like, man, no matter who you are or what you look like or what your background is or what your story is, when I walk in here, man, I just, I feel like I'm in the family. I feel included in the story. I feel loved. I feel welcomed. Man, that's, that's what the church is. That's what the church should be. That's how we're designed to be is that God makes his appeal to humanity through you and me. What a privilege. What a privilege that we get to be able to actually be the extension of Christ on earth, to, to be the invitation on earth. Amen. Um, you know, something powerful happens when we include people. There's something that it does to us internally that shifts everything. You know, uh, you ever not been invited to something? <laughs> Social media is awesome for helping remind us of all the things we've not been invited to. Now, you guys are cooler than me, obviously, so you're probably always invited to everything. But there's been times, you know, where you see a couple who you thought were your friends? <laughs> it's a couple of your friends, like Deshaun. You know, he'll post up something like, you know, with the homies, squad goal. Only the problem is... I'm not in the photo, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's a really great photo, except somebody's missing, okay? 
Somebody didn't get a text. Somebody didn't get an evite, you know, uh, to the party. And, uh, and so it's like, uh, you always like, you ever kind of passive aggressively comment on those photos? Like, you know, great crew. <laughs> Love this photo. <laughs> Just, <laughs> AKA, where's my invite? You know what I mean? So worse not being invited and included to stuff. But how great does it feel when you're on the list? And let me just talk a little bit about the power of inclusion and what that does in our lives. Um, as we're kind of getting ready for Easter here and we're including people, this is what we're doing. This is the power of being inclusive, the power of bringing people into the picture. Uh, first of all, what it does is it provides identity for people. Inclusion provides identity. Being an inclusive group, a group of includers, it provides identity for people. We've already been talking a little bit about it, but let me read another verse that talks about this concept of adoption. Ephesians 1.5 says, He, being God, predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and His will. Man, that's, that's the heart of God is to bring us close. We were distant, but everything from the very first moment of sin until this moment has to bring us close again, right? To adopt us in the family. And where do we get identity from? That name. You know, our family name carries a brand, carries an identity, carries a statement about who we are. And so many of us have broken identities, broken situations, difficult, dysfunctional situations. And when we invite people in, when we include people in, and, and they become a part of the church family, they come, uh, become followers of Jesus, it's unbelievable the shift it begins to make in people's identity. Our world is in chaos because people have forgotten that you have a father who loves you, cares about you, uh, designed you intentionally. And so we have so much dysfunction because people are confused and questioning and unsure and doubting their value, doubting their love. You know, years back, I was doing uh, just a quick survey at a college campus in the Northwest, and I asked two questions. I said, one, do you believe there's a God? And then the second one was, do you believe he has a plan for you? And what was interesting, I was actually shocked at how many said, yeah, I believe there's a God. Actually, I was kind of surprised because it's definitely not a, a Christian college of any kind. And, um, but the second question was so sad because I said, do you believe that he has a plan for you? And almost every single one of them had a sense of, nah, God's not really interested in my life. Uh, kind of not, nah, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe like a cosmic plan, but he, he don't have time for me, uninterested in me personally. And, you know, I think a lot of times people feel that way. They, they have this sense of maybe there's a God up there, but if he is, he's probably mad at me. If he is, he's probably not interested in me because of my issues and my stuff and my dysfunction and my decisions. If there is a God up there, uh, then he's probably not interested in me. Now, we have the privilege of helping people understand that's not the case. That we have the privilege of helping people understand that you have a father so personally committed to you and your life. And when I realize I've got, I've got a dad, I've got a father who cares about me, a father that loves me, it changes my confidence. It changes my strength. Shout out to my dad who's watching right now. One of the most powerful things my dad would often say to me is he would say, Samuel, I love you. I'm proud of you. I hear that from my dad all the time. I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. You're awesome. I would hear that from him all the time. You know what that does? 
to a, to a child when, when they get that affirmation of their father, of the strength of their father. I'll try not to cry because I, um, when I was having my first uh, child, Mercedes, um, I got this text from him after our daughter was born. And it just said, uh, Samuel, you're going to be a great father. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> you know how simple that was, but it just shot something inside of me. To hear that from dad, to hear that from your father. And when you include people, you bring them into the conversation. We provide an opportunity for people to get a restoration of who they are and whose they are and that they're valued and loved. Amen? The other thing that it provides when we include people is stability. It provides stability. We got chaos going on around and people need stability and a family, a healthy family. A healthy family provides stability in, in the storm and the middle of difficulty. Ecclesiastes 4 talks about how two are better than one. Verse 10 says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. You know what? We have an epidemic of people who are falling and no one's there to help. Nobody's there to help. Because they, they're disconnected, they're out of the circle, they're, they're not in the family. Come on, if we include people, we help provide stability for people who are facing all kinds of garbage, and we get to be able to say, come on, we got you. We got you. We're with you. We're with you. Man, you provide stability for people when you bring them in the circle. You bring them close, get them connected, you bring them into the family. It's a powerful opportunity uh, to be able to, to love people that way. And uh, the, the other thing is, is that stability or uh, inclusion provides purpose. Inclusion provides purpose. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ. If you haven't heard, that's one of the descriptions that, that the Bible uses to speak about us as a church. Is that the church is not just like an organization or a business, right? It's not just like uh, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, Pastor John and Becky, and, and like a staff is not the church. It's, it's this is the church, right? And it's not just a building. We meet in a building, but we are the church, and the church gathers to rally, but then we go and be the church Monday through Saturday, right? We take it to the streets. We make a difference in the world that, that we live in. That, that's how the church expands and grows. And the reality is, is that every single one of us are part of the body, right? So each piece gets its value from the whole. So the problem is a lot of people out there are attempting to find purpose in and of themselves alone, and it's impossible. Because my value is connected to the collective value of all of us together as a body of Christ. Yes, I am loved personally and valued by God, but I'm a part of a body that has a unique function, and I, I play a role in that, right? And so a lot of times people are confused and, and, and navigating issues of, uh, of value and identity because they don't realize that God has a bigger purpose in mind. God has a bigger peace. So my finger is great, but if it's disconnected and on the floor on, its, on itself, it will never realize its full potential, right? I, I love my toes, but they're no good to me disconnected from my body uh, uh, on the floor all by myself, right? Uh, my, my elbows, kneecaps, my ears, th those are all valuable pieces to my function, 
But if they're on their own, they're useless. If they're on their own, they're always going to question their value. They're always going to question their design. They're always going to question, why was I made this way? Why am I like this? Why, why has God come? But when I realize my value is because of my connection to the body of Christ, now all of a sudden I realize, like, wow, who I am adds to the big picture. Who I am strengthens the body. And now we're able to be a bigger difference in our community. Amen. You find purpose. When you include people, you help them link up to their purpose. You help them find their identity. Help them find stability. Help them find their value. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the keys to come up and join me here. What an opportunity we have to be includers. What an opportunity we have the next seven days leading up to Easter weekend, leading up to Good Friday. What a privilege we have to be the extension of Jesus these next few days to make an appeal through us. He wants to make an appeal. Are we going to be willing? Are we going to be available? Are we going to allow God to use us this week? Are we going to allow our social media to be used this week? Are we going to allow our text messages and our phone calls and who we are to be used this week to bring the message of hope, to bring this message of grace to people, to include people. God wants to include everybody in your world, but he wants to do it through you. He wants to do it through me. It's my opportunity. It's my privilege. It's my moment to be an includer. And what if, what if this week, C3, what if this week we were the most inclusive group that this city has ever seen? What if we just didn't care about who and what? We just invited everybody. We don't want anyone to miss out. We want this house to be full, right? Let's be inclusive. Right now, I wonder if you might think about one, two, three names right now. Who's maybe God stirring in you right now that you could think of to invite? Maybe you've invited them before. They've said no. You've kind of stopped, but maybe it's time to ask again. Maybe there's new people in your world that you've connected with, and you say, man, I want, I want to invite. Maybe that person that you think, well, no, they definitely are not going to say yes. Invite that person. <laughs> Nobody deserves to be left out of the invitation. No, I don't care what they've done, what they've said. Nobody deserves to not get an invitation to respond to Christ. What if we all did that this week? We say, God, use our life. God, use our life to be the invitation. God, use our life to bring people to you, to give them an opportunity to include them into the family. And think about the change that's about to happen in those people's lives that you're inviting. Think about the impact of their current life. Think about the impact of their future families, their marriages, their kids, their grandkids. Everything's about to change for the people that you're about to include. You've been included. I've been included. Let's be includers. Let's reach people. Let's invite people in. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. Father, I thank you for the privilege and the honor and the opportunity to be a part of extending your love and your grace to people. And I pray this week that you would use us as your church to shift the city, to turn families around, to alter the history of a family line this week as they come in, as they hear the gospel, as they respond to you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. You're so good. You're so faithful. God, we just commit to being available. We commit to being ready. We commit to doing the work and opening our mouth and sending the communication and inviting people in, to picking people up, whatever we have to do, God, 
to fill this house so that everybody that we know gets an opportunity to hear. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I want to just encourage you here real quick before I hand it back over to Pastor John. One of the most powerful visuals of inclusion that happens, and I don't want to leave a service like this without giving everyone in the room here an opportunity to respond. One of the most powerful visuals of inclusion that I absolutely love is that when Jesus is in his final moments of paying for our sin on the cross, he's up there on the cross, and he's, he's taking in the final, you know, breaths of life, and there's one of, there's criminals being crucified on both sides of him, and one of them is insulting Jesus, and the other one just does this unbelievable thing. He just reaches out and says, God, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Jesus, remember me. Here's the thing I love. It's, it's like he's almost like begging to get on the B list of the invite. You know what I mean? Just, just remember me, you know, if you can, if you're able to. I know you're going through a lot right now. I just love how Jesus just shifts this thing. He just goes, no, no, I'm not going to just remember you. He goes, today you're going to be with me. You're going to be with me. The most inclusive. We have the most inclusive father. The most inclusive loving God who extends this invitation. And I want to hear this morning. Maybe you're here and you're away from God. You feel disconnected from God and you're wondering, would God remember you? Would God be interested in you? Would God still love you? I just want to remind you that he, he wants to be with you. He wants you to be with him. He wants a relationship with you. He's extended his grace to you. In a moment, I'm just going to count to three. And anyone in the room, you say, you know what, this is me. I, I need to make a new decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here for the first time or you've been coming for a while and you've never yet made a decision to follow Jesus, to receive the grace of God, to cover your sin. If that's you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity in a moment to respond. Or maybe you've been coming for a while or it's your first time back and you realize, honestly, your life is away from God and you just want today to be a day where you go, I'm back, I'm committed, I'm all in, I want to follow Jesus, I want to give my life to him. If it's either one of those situations in the count of three, I just want you to lift up your hand boldly, confidently, strong. I just want to see who, I, who I'm praying with here this morning. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. Who can I pray with this morning? Who's that? Awesome. Anybody else? That's you. Fantastic. Anybody else? Come on, just lift it up. Let me, let me see who I'm praying with. Who, who, who wants to make this your moment? Where everything begins to change. Everything begins to shift. Awesome. Anybody else? Great, fantastic. Great, awesome. Proud of you guys. Come on, this don't let a moment pass by. If this is you, if you want to make a decision, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want him to forgive your sin, if you want to get on back in relationship with him, don't miss a moment like this. Come on, last last moment here. Just lift up your hand. Let me see who I'm praying with. If that's you, don't want to miss anybody. We might have got everybody already, but if not, awesome. Fantastic, great. Anybody else? Right, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray a prayer in agreement with those of you guys who just raised your hand. And, and God is absolutely going to change your life. God is going to begin to, he's forgiving your sin. And I want you to just pray this. Those of you who raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with boldness and confidence that God hears you, that he's responding to you in this moment, that you're in right relationship with him again. As a church, we're all going to pray together in agreement with you. And then we got some gifts we want to give get in your hands. We want to pray with you uh, more after this service. But church, let's all pray this together. Everyone say, Jesus, today I make a decision to follow you with all my heart for the rest of my life. Thank you 
for dying on the cross for my sin and raising from the dead to give me life. I live for you. From this moment on, I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We want to take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.